I'm going to ask you to take your Bibles and turn with me to the Gospel of John, chapter 13. We're starting a new series this morning on challenges Jesus gave his disciples. And this is actually one of the last challenges that Jesus had given to his disciples. John 13, this is before he was betrayed, right before he was betrayed, right before, so it was before the crucifixion and his resurrection. John 13. So we're going to begin it here in chapter uh, 13, verse 1. Notice it says, Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come, that he should depart from this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. And supper being ended, the devil have al having already put in to the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the Father's had given all things into his hands, and that he had come from God and was going to God, rose from his supper and laid aside his garments, took a towel and girded himself. And after that, he poured water in a basin and he began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel which, with which he was girded. And let's have prayer. Lord, would you bless this time? Help us, Lord, to be able to understand and grow in your wisdom and knowledge and Lord, we may be challenged, and may you help us not only to be challenged, but to think about this challenge. And Lord, may each of us be willing to be a servant for you, and to be able to take up this challenge upon, and be able to fulfill it. Let us have a desire to truly to serve you, and to be a disciple of yours. And so may you bless this time, help us to think clearly, and to follow you. And we ask all of this now, in Jesus' name, amen. I heard about a Texas rancher, he was having a hard time getting his daughter married off. And so she didn't seem to have many suitors, so he decided he would do something about that. So he threw a party, invited all these bachelors to come. And he didn't want just anybody to marry his, his daughter, so they had a gigantic swimming pool, and he filled it with sharks. So as the bachelors had gathered, he said, I'm going to give you a challenge. Anybody that would dare to jump in this pool all those sharks, and to swim from one side to the other. He said, I'm going to offer them the hand of my daughter in marriage, plus I'm going to give them half my estate. Now, if you choose to jump in and you don't want to marry my daughter, he said, I will give you, if you swim to the other side, one million dollars. No sooner had he had spoken his last word, and there was a splash. There was a young man in there, and he was swimming like you wouldn't believe, just really getting after it. He made it all the way to the other side, and he hopped out of the water. That man ran over there, and he said, Congratulations, young man. He said, I guess you want to marry my daughter. He said, No, no, I don't want to do that. He said, Well, then I guess you want the million dollars. He said, No, I don't want that. He's kind of puzzled and confused, and he said, Well, what do you want? I want to know who it was that pushed me. Well, sometimes it is good to be pushed. And that's what we want to do today. We want to challenge. We want to push you to be active in being a disciple. It's almost like we've gone into survival mode as the church. And it's time this world needs Christians to be Christians, to act like Christians. And we're, it's a time in which... Uh, the world seems to be falling apart. It's a scary time. Russia's invaded Ukraine and people 
wondering what's going to happen next. Council culture has been ruling the day, and it seems like that any time that anybody is going to stand up for what's right, people come against them. It doesn't matter if it's politicians, if it's ministers or cartoon characters, TV stars. If you stand up for, for the Lord Jesus Christ and you stand up for morals, people hate you. Of course, that's nothing new. People hated Jesus, and Jesus said, they're going to hate you, his disciples. They hated me, they're going to hate you. So it was a difficult time, not only for us, but it was a difficult time for these disciples. And so Jesus then <clears throat> offers them some challenges, and we're going to work ourselves backwards, but we're starting here in John 13 today. And so why is it that Jesus gave this challenge? Challenge of washing feet, a challenge of serving one another. Well, for one thing, it's an obvious need. The disciples had planned this supper, the Passover supper, and so as they gathered together, they forgot about a servant. There was no one that had to wash their feet. You know, during those days, you wore sandals. You walked dirt roads, and it was just easy to be able to have dirty feet. If you're coming and eating, and they, in those days they reclined while they ate, it would it would be uh, it would just not be fitting. And so, usually, when there's no servant, then the first person that was there or that, that planned it would take that role and, and make sure that the people's feet were washed. But none of the disciples wanted to do that. Nobody took that upon themselves. And listen, who wants to wash feet? The Midrash, which is a commentary, Jewish writings about the law, they said in the Midrash that even a Jewish slave didn't have to wash feet. Feet washing. Dirty job. And so the disciples, their pride got the best of them. That happens to many of us. Let me just remind you of what James said in James 4, 6. In fact, he's quoting from the book of Proverbs. But God resists the proud. He gives his grace to the humble. If you want to be used by God, pride, you have to let it go. Many times it's the reason that people do not get saved, the reason that people uh, do not follow Christ and are serving Christ, pride. It's hard to humble yourself and admit you're a sinner. It's hard to humble yourself and turn from your sin. It's hard to be able to say, I need a Savior. I need help. But if you're going to serve the Lord, if you're going to become a Christian, you have to do that. If you're going to serve the Lord, you have to be able to humble yourself. The book of Proverbs says there are six things that God hates. Chapter 6, beginning in verse 16, six things that God hates, seven that are abomination to him. Where does it start? A proud look. Pride. Pride gets in the way. Here, the disciples have been arguing about who's the greatest. Which one of us is going to be sitting on his right hand, on his left hand? Pride had to go. Jesus is going to illustrate to them who was the greatest. And the greatest had to do with not the greatest gifts, but service. This also gave Jesus a chance to illustrate to the disciples what he was going to do for them. A chance for him to illustrate his love. We read in chapter 1, you get toward the very end of it, 
And notice the very last sentence of chapter, uh, or verse 1, excuse me, of chapter 13. He loved them to the end. He loved them to the end. Now, that phrase could mean Jesus loved them to the very end of his life, to the very end of his ministry. Or it could also mean to the extent that Jesus loved them to the fullest extent. He loved them to the uttermost. He loved them as much as possible. Earlier in John 10, he said, There is no greater love of any man than to lay down his life for his friends. And Jesus was willing to do that. And what he's getting ready to illustrate, he would humble himself to be a servant. Jesus would go further than that, and he would take on not just cleaning their feet, but he would take on their filth, their sin himself, and he would die in their place. Jesus was illustrating the great love that he had for his disciples. And not just his disciples, but for each one of us. Now, as we're going to do this study about the challenges that, that Jesus gives, we see this challenge that he's given us here today. Let me just remind you of three things that's going to be common. Three things that you're going to notice about all of these challenges. One is that Jesus sets the example. Jesus never asks you to do something that he's not already done or willing to do himself. I remember interviewing for a job one time, and this lady was a manager of a restaurant, and she said, you're going to have to clean the restrooms. She said, but I'm not asking you to do something that I haven't done. She said, in fact, I do this as part of my job also. So I'm asking you to be able to do it too, because I have set the example for you. That's what Jesus, Jesus always sets the example. So he asks us to follow him, but he has already gone there and has, has, has done it first. Jesus also, in all the challenges, would be included. Many times Jesus asks us to do things that's beyond our abilities. And so for us to be able to accomplish, for us to even get started, it takes a step of faith. It'll take prayer. It'll take guidance. It'll take his help. Many times you'll see that in these challenges. They're bigger than we are. Jesus still asks us to be able to do things that are bigger than us. It's a step of faith for us to be able to take. And to accomplish it, we're going to have to, Lord, have, to have the Lord, His help, in being included in the challenge. And then a third thing is, is that Jesus would be glorified. Whenever a challenge took place, the challenge was about Jesus being able in the very end to be glorified. It'd be about people turning toward him and recognizing his hand at work. Ken Trevitt, pastor down in Tampa, he tells about a medical missionary from China. And he said that this medical missionary had made it a policy that he didn't want to just do medical treatment and helping people. He wanted to help people spiritually. And so as people came to see him, he made sure that he told them about Jesus. He shared the, the gospel with them, the story of Jesus. One particular day, there was a, a lady that had come to his office to see him. He said, this was an older lady. She was stooped over and you could look at her at the dust that was on her feet, her clothing, and tell that she had traveled a long way to be able to get there. So, that morning, he treated her just like he would have would have any other patient. And then he also told her about Jesus. 
And then here's what the missionary said, and I'm quoting. He said, As the rose opens to receive the rays of the noonday sun, so her heart opened and she received the Savior. Her tears made little rivets down her dusty cheeks as she opened her heart to Jesus. Well, several weeks went by. and Then there was a knock on the missionary's door. He opened the door and he found that same elderly lady stooped over. He hadn't seen her for several weeks, but she said, Sir, there's no doubt that he has saved me. I know that he lives in my heart. He has made my life so happy. But, sir, I have forgotten. I have forgotten his name. Could you please tell me his name again? And the missionary repeated over and over again the name, Jesus, Jesus. And each time the little old lady echoed that name, Jesus, Jesus. Layla Long had heard that story and she wrote, There have been names that I love to hear, but never has there been a name so dear to this heart of mine as that name divine, the precious, precious name of Jesus. Jesus, the sweetest name I know, he's just the same as his lovely name. And that's the reason why I love him so. For Jesus is the sweetest name that I know. That's what it's about. We take on challenges as Christians because we want to honor and glorify Jesus Christ to lift up the name that's above every name, the King of kings and Lord of lords, Jesus Christ. Now, I'd like you to be able to take just a moment and consider some truths about this story. Jesus, he begins to wash the disciples' feet. That's true. And it is interesting that Jesus comes to the apostle Peter, and there Jesus takes the towel, and Peter looks at him and said, are you going to wash my feet? You're not going to wash my feet. In other words, you're the, you're Lord. There's no way I'm going to let you wash my feet. I don't deserve you washing my feet. And Jesus said, if I don't wash your feet, then you can have no part of me. And so Peter responds like he, like he would. And he says, well, don't just do my feet. Do my head and my hands. Do me all over. And Jesus said, no, no, that's not necessary. You're clean, although then he adds, but not all of you, which gets you thinking and wondering. Jesus then says it's only necessary to wash your feet. But, you know, it just reminds us, spiritually speaking, we need a bath regularly. We need to be able to be clean. And so when a person becomes a Christian, the Bible tells us in the book of 1 John chapter 1, verse 7, that all of our sins are forgiven. All of them, past, present, future. And that's all in a judicial sense. But in a relational sense, our sin needs to be forgiven so we can maintain the proper relationship and fellowship with God the Father. And so whenever we sin, we need to be able to confess that sin. And we need to be able to... Uh, acknowledge it. And the Bible tells us in, in 1 John 1, 9 that when we do, He's faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And so it's important that we take a spiritual bath regularly. So that's what here I think maybe Jesus may lead to. We need to be able to 
It's your feet that need to be washed, Peter. Not not all over right now. And so, uh, but let me cons- let you ha- consider some of the things that, that Jesus would, as he finished that day, would say to the disciples. This is what I want to focus on this morning. So look with me, if you would, in verse 12. So when he had washed their feet, taking his garments, he sat down again. He said to them, do you know what I've done to you? So Jesus is asking them to think about what's just happened. Now, beginning here in verse 13, I want you to pay attention because three times Jesus is going to ask them to do the same. Now, I had a professor when I was in college that said, hey, if I say something twice, you better write it down. If I say it three times, it is a guarantee that it'll be on the test. Well, when Jesus says something three times, you know it's of the vast importance. So let's look together what Jesus said. Here, let's pick back up in verse 13. He said, you call me teacher and Lord, and you say very well, for so I am. I, If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. You see, it's not just the things that a teacher says, but it's what they do. You know, there's a lot of people that will say, don't do what I do, but do what I say. But Jesus is saying both. You can follow me. Pay attention to the words I say and also the things that I do. And so Jesus said, if I am your teacher, and I am, then you'll want to do what I've just done. This is important. And I want you to do it. So that's one. Look at verse 15. For I have given you an example that you should do as I've done. So Jesus said, not only am I your teacher, but I'm your example. I've given you this example. Now I want you to do exactly what I've done. That's the second time then that Jesus basically has pointed out, here's what I want you to do. Then look with me again. Verse 16, Most assuredly, I say to you, a servant's not greater than his master, nor is he who is sent greater than he who sent him. What? Most people would have said, I'm too good to be able to get down there and wash feet. I'm not doing that. That's below, that's beneath me. But notice what Jesus said. If a servant is not greater than his master, and so if your master is willing, if this is, is to get down and wash feet, if he's not too good to be able to get down and wash feet, then neither are you. You should be willing to get down also and wash feet. Now, look what he says in verse 17. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. See, that's the third time. The third time that he's basically asked them to follow his example, to do what he had just done. Three times. He said, when you do, if you know it, if you know to do good, and then you do the works, Jesus said, blessed are you. You have found the favor. Is Jesus saying, I'm going to make you rich? No. But he is saying the favor of God, the grace of God will be upon your life. You'll be an instrument that God will be able to use. And so, 
These are truths that we need to be able to consider. Three times Jesus asked them to serve one another, to wash feet. Now, that brings me to us today. A challenge, because as disciples, we need to be not just hearers of the word, but doers of the word. So what's our challenge today? Now, each sermon this month, we're going to have a challenge. What's the challenge for us today? One, and I'm going to challenge you to, to do one of these or all three of these, but it's to serve a fellow Christian peer. The disciples were peers. So I'm challenging you to serve somebody that's in your age group. You're a teen to, to, to serve a teen. Somebody that you work with, that maybe you have the same type of job. Somebody that's going through a similar struggle that you are. Somebody that you have something in common with. And you know the needs maybe that you have. Then they have similar needs. I'm going to challenge you to serve and to somehow to encourage and to meet one of their needs. So if it's something that you do extra at work, something that you do extra at school, something you do extra in your get-togethers, social events, doing something extra, going the extra mile for a fellow Christian peer, now listen, we're not, we don't have sandals, we don't wear sandals, we wear regular shoes, so it's washing feet is not necessarily what I'm after, but it's helping somebody, it's being willing to humble yourself and to serve somebody in some way. Here's the second one. The second one is to serve a family member. The disciples were like brothers, and so we've got family members moms or dads, brothers, sisters, children, or maybe an aunt or uncle or cousin. But we've got family members, and many times we neglect our family. But why not go the extra mile for your family? Babysit, do a chore, be the one that cooks supper. Just go the extra mile, do the unexpected, be able to help a family member. Just remind them that of God's love, sharing a burden. Jesus said, this is how people are going to know you're my disciples, your love for one another. I know some people are saying, this is just crazy. Why do we want to do this? Because Jesus said, people are watching. You're to be known for your love for one another. And here's the third thing. It's just serving a Christian that's in need. You look around and you just see somebody and maybe they're not a peer. It's maybe somebody that you don't really hang out with or know very well. But you can tell they're hurting. You can tell that they're going through a difficult time. They're going through a loss. Maybe they're caring for someone that's a loved one that is in, in great need. Or just maybe they're just carrying a burden. Maybe they're just struggling in some way. You can just tell God has just put them on your heart and mind. Maybe you don't know what it is, but you just feel a burden for them. The Lord wants you to reach out and be able to help them. So I'm going to ask you this week, 
to do one of those three. To serve a fellow Christian peer, to serve a family member, or to serve another Christian that's just in need. Or maybe, if you're up to it, not just to do one, but to do all three. And may the Lord bless you in being able to do just that in doing these and accomplishing these and may the Lord bless you and use you and help you be able to make a difference and an impact. Now, as we close out today, let's let me remind you this. If you don't have a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, you might think this is just silly. Why would I want to serve somebody, go the extra mile? You do that because that's what Jesus did. He set the example. Jesus took on your sin debt. Jesus paid that price. He didn't have to do that. He did it because he loves you. There's no other explanation. Jesus wants to be able to help you. And today, if you're willing to turn, you're willing to repent of your sin, and you're willing to turn and surrender your life in faith to Christ, call out to him, then Jesus is willing to forgive you and to be your Lord and Savior. If you're willing to allow him to be in charge of your life, this can be a day that would change all of eternity for you. If you're a Christian, there may be some things going on in your life that's, that's not good. And you just need to come and just be able to say, Lord, I'm sorry, and I just want to repent of my sin. And I do want to be a person that's used by you. Lord, forgive me and help me now to be a disciple that makes a difference. And I just hope maybe there's somebody that's just willing to say, Lord, I'm taking this challenge. I've kind of strayed a little bit or I'm not excited about things or I've just kind of allowed the last few months to be a time where I've taken it easy and I'm not doing anything and it's time for me to get back to serving you and I'm going to start with these challenges and I'm going to make a difference in helping somebody else. Let's just have prayer together. Lord, will you just bless and I just ask that each person could just know, they could just know that you're at work right now. And so, Lord, each person that hears my voice today, I just ask that you would just, uh, they could just be able to sense your spirit working and moving. And, Lord, each one that's praying, may they just be able to have a peace of knowing that you're listening and that you've heard. And Lord, those that are calling out and wanting you to be their Lord and Savior, I just ask you to bless those decisions. And I thank you so much now in Jesus' name. Amen.